This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Welcome to the Heartland Suits Daily Podcast. I'm Sterling Burnett, Director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate Environmental Policy and Managing Editor of Environment and Climate News. Polls show that the vast majority of Americans think the United States is on the wrong track, with high energy prices and limited availability, along with inflation driven in part by energy prices, front and center in their concerns. Scientist and longtime friend Dr. Jay Lair has long been an optimist on energy and other issues, consistently backing the idea that no matter how bleak things may be, in the long run, freedom and technology will win out, getting America and the world out of fixes global elitists and governments get us into. Jay served for many years as the science director at the Heartland Institute, and after leaving Heartland, he became senior policy advisor with the International Climate Science Coalition. The current energy crisis and the future is what Dr. Lair is here to discuss today. Jay, thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Sterling. So, Jay, before we jump into the causes of the current energy crisis and how we might get out of it, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, and what the International Climate Science Coalition is. Well, Sterling, I have a Ph.D. in water resources from the University of Arizona, after graduating, moved into the full uh, energy environmental uh, field as a writer and lecturer all over the country, and then joined the first uh, taught a little bit at the Ohio State University, and then joined the Heartland Institute uh, to be a science director, and uh, continued there. And a few years ago, I left and joined the International Climate Science uh, Institute, and it's. Uh, a group of 14 nations with members, all of whom recognize that uh, the fear of human-caused global, uh, climate change is a total fraud, and we work together to write articles and appear at meetings and conferences and such uh, to spread the word of uh, the truth, which uh, what the public media turns out uh, is nothing but the, no truth at all. And uh, it's very exciting. I write uh, two or three articles every week for publication in various websites. Mm-hmm. Jay, oil, gas, and gasoline prices are high. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Having a ripple effect on the economy as a whole in the form of inflation not seen since President Jimmy Carter left office. President Biden has alternately blamed, alternatively blamed these high prices on Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine and profiteering by first oil producers, then it was refiners, then it was gasoline retailers. Is Biden right, or are the causes of high energy prices more of the administration's own making? Uh, the initial words you spoke, everyone, was untrue. Uh, the entire situation is due to a plan by the people who pull the Biden strings in this administration. Their goal is to bring the nation to its knees, to increase government power, to destroy capitalism, and essentially to change uh, the life as we've known it for many, many decades. Uh, The mistake that everybody makes is saying the government should do this and the government should do that, and the government is making a mistake here and a mistake there. Everything they're doing is intentional, and they're being very successful. They want the situation right where it is so that the public will be on their knees screaming for help, just as they are when, in fact, the government 
has created the entire problem. Wow. So it's not just this policy or that that, uh, I mean, Biden, you know, he said up front he wanted to shut down the energy industry, the oil and gas industry. But it's it's the entire focus of the administration is bringing about socialism, a great reset of the U.S., correct? It started, Sterling, 100 years ago in 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution, which was to turn the entire world into uh, a communist nation, one nation, and uh, they've had defeat after defeat. They never end. This is 100 years uh, later, and that's what it is all about, and that people who really analyze policy and thinks it has anything to do with science or government policy simply do not want to admit the truth that's been bearing down on us for decades. But it is going to come to an end. I'm very optimistic. We'll turn the corner in understanding this within the next three years. We'll bring life back to what it was within 10 years. And I think the first sign of that will be the midterm elections where the middle of the country, we've got a third of the country are probably socialists, a third very conservative, and a third pretty much non-political who will have been harmed enough uh, to go to the election booth and vote for a more conservative person. I see a swing of 40 to 70 votes. And then slowly we'll stop the insanity that's going on. But it, it's only insanity on the part of the public that accepted it. It's not insanity on the part of the administration that's doing exactly what they plan to do. I mean, Biden announced the first thing he was going to do was get rid of fossil fuel. Decarbonizing the world is essentially eliminating all life on the planet. It is ridiculous that anyone pays any attention to that. So how different were the energy policies pursued by Donald Trump when compared to Biden's and how different were the results? Well, of course, they were 100 percent different. Trump realized that we actually were the most energy rich nation in the world. We had more oil, natural gas, coal, and that if we let the free market uh, go free and stop government regulations that held it back, we would go from an importing nation to an exporting nation. And that's exactly what happened. The world recognized we were the Saudi Arabia of energy. They may have been the Saudi Arabia of oil for a while, but we took over every single facet. Things couldn't have been better. Everything Trump imagined uh, came to pass. Uh, but the, the socialist powers that wanted to destroy capitalism as soon as they certainly cheated on the election, they stole the election by controlling six uh, states, uh, they were able to turn back the clock to worse situation than the nation and the world has ever been in. And that's the fix we find themselves. But people will wake up. And the reason they're going to wake up is that the powers that be that want to destroy capitalism and institute the socialist government system that the Bolshevik revolution saw 100 years ago, they are so powerful now, they trample over the people without giving any thought to the damage they create. And one day, the people are going to wake up, and that day will begin in November of this year when we get a national poll of what's going on, what we call our midterm election. So, Jay, recently the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the EPA could not force states to scrub coal from their electric power generation 
and replace it with politically favored but unreliable wind and solar. What are your thoughts on the ruling? I think it was a wonderful ruling to limit uh, what uh, they were trying to do, eliminate coal, destroy the entire coal industry. Anybody who passed arithmetic, I'd say in the 10th grade, can figure out that wind and solar can never replace any fossil fuel, coal or otherwise, because the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. And if they understand a little bit about the grid, the, the grid has to operate 100% all the time. And so something that's independable like wind and solar, it cannot replace fossil fuel ever. Well, you've written some stuff. You've always been an optimist. You know, I've known you for uh, going on nine years now, maybe a little, little longer. And you've always been an optimist. I, I, I see, often see the glass half full, uh, empty. You always see it half full. As an optimist, you recently wrote a piece about how technology will spell the end of communism and radical Democrats' goals. In closing, would you discuss this piece and why you're optimistic? Well, first of all, let me back up a little bit and tell you that throughout your lifetime and the lifetime of everybody listening in today, they recognize phenomenal improvements in life on Earth, our standard of living, our environmental quality, our, our economy as a whole has all improved steadily. Poverty in the world has declined from 80% at the turn of the 20th century from 1900 to 1910, it's now down to under 10%. All of these advances have been a result of technology, not government policy. The U.S. environment is the best in the world. Our air, our water, our waste disposal systems have improved dramatically not because the government held our feet to the fire. I'm, I'm not saying that hurt, but they get credit that is not due them. It's improvements in technology and competition. It's the free market that every different country company wanted to make water pure, wanted to reduce waste disposal problems, wanted to increase energy in every way they can in terms of what's available, and decrease energy needs that are unnecessary. The, it's all about technology. And in my recent article, I point that up from a marvelous book by Mark Mills the, called the, Moral, uh, the, the, the New Revolution, basically, in Technology. Uh, his book, in great detail, points out that the 2020s are going to be the roaring 2020s as, as new and yet unimaginable technologies come on the scene to make life better at absolutely every imaginable level. It's always been about technology, and it really started with the first discovery of fossil fuels, of oil, and the, the steam engine. You go right back to all the different things that reduced manual labor and increased the output that improved the, the life of all Americans. All one needs to be an optimist is to look at history and how we've progressed. I mean, what was it, 1904 when we flew our first airplane, the Wright Brothers? 
and 60 years later we landed a man on the moon? This is the sort of thing that continues. Now, the leadership of the world today, of our nation today, wants to stop that, put an end to it, go back to the dark ages where they can control all of civilization. And they're doing quite well at it for the present, but it will end. It will end because people are recognizing they're being ignored. Life is not improving. It is declining. Uh, but I, I could not be more optimistic, Sterling, that the future will be as good as the past was. So do you think it's just a matter of <laughs> the people coming to their senses? Is that enough to overcome the elites? Because, I mean, you're right. Technology is amazing. Um, I think uh, it's largely been driven by the ability of entrepreneurs to put things onto the market. You know, it's, uh, if 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 you don't have a market that allows technology, new new technology to come to market, um, uh, it doesn't it doesn't uh, explode. It doesn't. You know, you, you, it might be nice in a, a single shop in a garage, but until you can bring it to the marketplace and give it widespread exposure to the uh, the people, but they're trying more and more to control. <laughs> the ability to, of people to bring things in the marketplace. You know, why are you optimistic that we can overcome that? Well, you, your first few words were right uh, when you asked, is it about people coming to their senses? And, and that's exactly correct. correct. Uh, the public, if you're not really a, a, a super polit political type, if you're not conservative and you know what's going on, or you're not socialist and you want it to be going on, you're in the middle third, uh, you just kind of ignored what was going on around you very much like if you took biology in high school, you before you dissected a frog, you put it in uh, a pot of water and it just got warmer and warmer without it realizing it was in trouble and then all of a sudden uh, it was dead. That's basically exactly what the, uh, the socialists and the powers are doing to the public today. However, the public is not going to just keep on going until they're dead. They are going to come to their senses in, in very large numbers. It isn't going to happen overnight. Uh, as I say, my time frame is the United States is going to come to their sexes, senses within the next three years. They will take over the presidency in an overwhelming manner, no matter who runs for office. And the world will follow suit. It will be... I would say a decade before you and I could be having a discussion and say, well, we're, we're totally now on the right path and we've beaten back the forces of evil. And I think the main thing that people aren't recognizing, they have not come to their senses. They don't recognize the evil powers at work. Just when I said that it's not mistaken policies by this administration, it's planned failures by this administration and the public will wake up eventually to the these the opposition are not nice people just wrong-headed they're evil they want to destroy the world as it has been created they want to destroy our standard of living and they want to do this so that they basically can make slaves of the population that can never happen this whole concept of getting rid of carbon we call it decarbonization is simply a plan to destroy all life on earth the public isn't going to stand for that it isn't going to happen and eventually 
the wake-up call is not far off. I guess, well, I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I, I don't often say I hope I'm wrong, but I do in this case because my, I guess my concern is this. Um, the public wakes up and they throw out the rascals and uh, things start going the right direction. And either the people that they put in place uh, get corrupted like Acton said they would do once they have power. Uh, and once we've seen many – what we've seen many Republicans do when they get power, they start spending like drunken sailors when they said they were for balanced budgets, for instance. Um, but uh, I look at the history of crime recently and I see we used to have tough on crime policies and tough on crime prosecutors. And they locked them up and they kept them off the streets and crime went down. And then the public said, oh, well, see, we don't need these tough on crime policies because crime is down. Well, it's not. No, it's not because crime is down. It's crime is down because of the tough on crime policies. I'm not sure. I, I hope you're right. But I'm not sure the public will make the connection. They'll get rid of the rascals. Things will go better. And then in a few years, when the, when things are going well, they say, oh, well, you know, gosh, but we really care about fixing this and fixing that and only government can do that and then they come back to the same problems the same forces that created the problems they escaped but they forgot about the escape they forgot about how bad it was and uh, <laughs> and we start going down the road again I, i'm afraid it's just going to be a, a well sterling a, you're describing sterling you're describing the world as we know it yeah it is a pendulum that moves back and forth that will never it will never change. Everything you've just described will happen. Things will get better, and will it, life will improve again. And then everything you said, the worst people will get in. They'll do things to inflate their power rather than uh, improve their lives. And uh, it will happen again. It will never be a perfect world. But in the meantime, what happens is the technology that, that improves lives is now out there and so every time, every, every, let's say renaissance period, <laughs> every renaissance period produces more plenty that, that, uh, uh, produces more welfare. And that won't be clawed back entirely before the next uh, downturn, right? That is correct. I mean, just think about, I don't know, if you've been to a huge museum with one of those long pendulums and you watch it swing back and forth, knocking over a, a peg and doing that for 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, you've just perfectly described that with every swing, uh, gains, sub-gains are permanent. Uh, and if you, one of the neat things is I just recently read the whole life of, uh, of Winston Churchill, uh, and, and his life from over almost a century was truly amazing. As the world suffered through one war after another, and his battles to keep uh, England on an even footing with the bombs going off as they hidden basements in, in London. Uh, things have been so terrible, and yet we've survived them, and yep. each time things were better than they were in the past. But the very same cycle you have perfectly described, we'll go through it again. It may be a, a different form of evil. It may not be the socialist powers that have taken over for the time being. And, and so people should not have blinders on to think, oh, things, we're going to get to nirvana and everything's going to be perfect. That's never going to happen. They it's can't. going to be a battle of good and evil for the rest of everybody's lives and their children and their grandchildren. 
unfortunately, it's the way the world works. It's the way people are. We, of course, are our worst enemy. But there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Well, it's a it's a refreshing and hopeful thought, and I think we'll end on that. Jay, uh, it's been too long, but I'm pleased you were could join us today. I want to thank you on behalf of myself and our listeners and invite you to come back soon. My pleasure. Listeners, thanks for checking in on us today. Please check Heartland's website as we follow the work of Dr. Jay Lair and the rest of the scholars at the International Climate Science Coalition. And as we follow the progress of energy and environmental laws and regulations that affect you. In addition, if you're not already receiving these podcasts daily on your favorite device, go to iTunes and subscribe. And when you have the time, please rate our podcast on iTunes so you can help us expand the reach of free market ideas. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye.